In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, many of you might know that three weeks ago, our family got a new dog, a two-year-old Australian Shepherd rescue named Jake. And of course, the priority when you get a new dog in your house is to first teach the dog to listen. Right? When I say, Jake, come, I want the dog to come to me. When I say, sit, stay, I want the dog to sit and stay. I want the dog to engage with me and to listen to understand that my voice is the most important thing in his world. And of course, I have a trick, right? I keep a handful of chicken livered flavored treats in my pocket so he knows when I call him, something good's going to happen. I never call him to punish him, but only to treat him because I want the dog to listen to me. I want him to know my voice is the source of good things. And it's not because I want to lord power over the dog or just because I want him to do funny tricks or I need his affection all the time. Instead, I want the dog to stay safe and not get into trouble. He's a dog, and there's a lot he does not know about the human world. He doesn't fully grasp the dangers of cars speeding down the street. He doesn't understand that a raccoon sleeping in a garbage can will do great damage to his face. And so we train our dogs to listen to our voices, to listen to our voices over all the other noises and distractions that are in the world. We, of course, are not dogs. God does not train us through conditioning us with treats. But at the transfiguration, God the Father says to the apostles, and likewise he says to us, listen to him. Listen to Christ. We are told to listen to God, not out of punishment, not because God wants to constrain us or punish us, but because God wants us to know that he is the source of good things. And good things come from his word given to us through Jesus Christ. God wants us to know that his son is the source of all the true good things that are going to be given to us. And so in a moment, Adeline will receive the sacrament of holy baptism. And God is going to say specific things to her in her baptism. His word is going to speak over her. And what's true for Adeline as it is true for all of us, is that our lives are filled with many different voices. Some voices are good, helpful, and valuable, and some are not. There are voices that will encourage and upbuild Adeline in her faith, in her emotional life, in her intellectual life, and so on. In fact, Adeline's parents and sponsors and this congregation will make a promise before God to be just such a voice for her. And there are voices that will steer her the wrong way. Like the serpent in the Garden of Eden, there will always be some voice of temptation that tries to get her to doubt the goodness and the truth of God's word. There will be good voices and bad voices. There will be voices that teach her truth, and there are voices that will try to convince her of lies. But in baptism, there's going to be one voice speaking over her. And this voice promises always to be there for her. It is the word that will define her for eternity. It is the word that is going to give her true freedom, true love, and true meaning in this life. And this, of course, is the word of God, which is going to declare that Adeline has forgiven all her sins, that she will be guided by the Holy Spirit, 
that she has new life in Christ, and that nothing will ever separate her from the love of God. The word, joined with the water of her baptism, will mark her with the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this is to say that no matter what goes on in her life, no matter what happens to her, God will not be far from her. He will be right there with her. His name will be right there, that she'll be marked with it, and that she can call upon him whenever she needs it. Now and forever, she will have direct access to her creator. In baptism, God speaks to Adeline. He will speak to Adeline. And he will make eternal promises to her. Therefore, through all of her life, this is the voice that we are going to teach Adeline to pay attention to. We want her to go back constantly to this very moment in time. When God says to her, you are my child, my beloved in you, I am well pleased. And she will not stay at this moment, of course. We cannot build shelters and stay on the mountain of our baptisms. Instead, she will, like all of us, journey down the mountain and set out to live her life. And it will be a life of many temptations, a life of many challenges, a life of much growth. But she will not set out into this world alone because she has God's word to her. She has his promise to her. In congregation, the promise given to Adeline at her baptism here in a moment, it's the same promise that God gave to you in your baptism. He's forgiven you. He has said that you are his child now and forever. And so there is no evil, there's no sin, there's no person, not even the grave itself will separate you from your God. God made you a new creation at your baptism. He has spoken a word of promise over you. And so listen to that word. For you too, there are many voices in this life. There's a lot of noise in this world. There are voices that are going to tell you how awful of a sinner you are. There are voices that are going to tell you how inadequate you are. There are voices that are going to tell you that you are too broken spiritually, emotionally, physically, to be truly loved by God, to be useful to God, and to live a meaningful life. But ignore those voices. And instead, listen to the one voice that spoke over, to, over you at your baptism. Listen to God's word to you. Listen to what God has said to you, that you are forgiven, that you are his forever. And so, like the voice on the Mount of Transfiguration says, listen to him. Listen to that voice that is the source of all good. Amen. <laughs>